welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about Legacy of the Force, Book Four, Exile. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week we're going to start with chapters one through four. Back to Aaron Alston, Legacy of the Force, Book Four, Exile, as I just said moments ago. But first, bum bum bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, we did our Tempest Review slash Exile Preview episode. It was pretty good. It was pretty long. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and check it out. Go check it out right now. I'll wait. And we're back. So, make sure that you do check out that Tempest Review slash Exile Preview episode if you haven't. Or as I titled it. In the file name, chapters 25 to 28, which don't exist. (laughs) Now, moving on from that blunder into the blunder that is an Aaron Alston novel. Flying vignettes, chopping each other to pieces all over the paragraphs. All right, that was a bit of a reach, but I still liked it. Yeah. And we start with chapter one with, I called it at the end of the last episode, a location heading. Yes. <laughs> Outside Carillion Space. Anakin Solo. I'm abbreviating these headings, by the way. Moving forward, just so that everybody knows out there. Don't email me at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com and tell me I'm getting things wrong. Because I'm doing it on purpose. Jason Solo. Staring out the window slash viewport, aka space window. Wondering why he doesn't feel bad about trying to kill his parents. As we discussed heavily (laughs) in the last book, he knows he acted on the wrong information. So where was the guilt? Apparently nowhere to be found as his mother walks in, lights up her lightsaber and kamikazes them both out the window so they can die horribly in space. Close the book. Series over. (laughs) (laughs) Done. what What else could possibly be happening here? Except for 300 pages about... Morning, Leia and Jason, and and what could have been? Sad life now. Psych! Haven't had a psych in a long time. Mm. Actually, have we had a psych since we finished book one? Is this an Aaron Alston thing? It it might be an Aaron Alston thing. Oh, is he like a serial rug puller? (laughs) Oh, is that that rude to say? (laughs) It sounds sounds aggressive. (laughs) It does. Is he? Is he the one? Is that... I think he's the one. I mean, like, yeah, it was definitely book one. I was yelling psych a lot at the beginning of the podcast. I'll have to go back and listen so, to us talk. You know what? See. You guys should go back and listen to it, too. If you haven't started reading the books yet, do it now. Start. This is your brain telling you, not me. If, if you're you, listening with headphones. If you read six chapters a week, by the time you get to the end of this book, we'll be done and we'll be in the same spot. Well, the thing is, you got a lot of catching up to do, but you can get there. Chapter a day, you can do it. As we said, thank you, Aaron Alston. Psych. Yeah. It's Jason's turn for bad dreams. He was just having a dream. Yeah. His mom didn't murder-suicide the two of them out of the spaceship. Everything's fine. Sort of. He wakes up wondering, was it a vision? From the force? Was it Lumaya? Tampering with my dreams? And he closes the blast shutters on the window. 
which mm-hmm. I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. AKA the boy is rattled. Yeah, he is. And he seems to be feeling guilty. Yeah. Even yeah. if he can't uh, admit that to himself or maybe in the, in the dream, he wasn't admitting it to himself. But, uh, you yeah, seem to be having the dreams that would tell you that you are. Yeah, that's definitely a striking of a guilty conscience a little bit. Right? <laughs> uh, my mom murdered me. Yeah, because I shot at her. Well, attempted murder. Two wrongs don't make a right, okay? Any good parent should know that. Cut two. But what about a wrong and a I'm dream wrong? I'm doing our first cut two. I, I, so? All right, what? What? <laughs> Because it's a dream. What about a wrong and a dream wrong? Do those make a right or is it just two wrongs? It's a good question. But. Probably still not. Dream wrong. Yeah. Do they count? Maybe it does if you have a force. Yeah. What if he could dream things to be reality? What if that was your force power? Anyways. We're moving two sideways now. Cut two. Moving sideways. Screen wipe. Cut two. Coruscant. Near the Jedi Temple. Master Kip Duran, once brought back from the dark side, let me throw that note in there for y'all, is picking up Luke and Mara as they arrive back on Coruscant. So, based on, as Tim pointed out to me as we were figuring this out earlier, it says at the beginning of chapter one, Jason's chapter here, he's been tossing and turning for a few nights. So it's Probably been a couple of days. Let's call it one week. Yeah. Just to stretch it. Yeah. It's been a week since the last book. Luke and Mara are finally arriving back on Coruscant along with all the other, like, uh, all the other people that participate in the battle. Yeah. The the fighters, the deckhands, the whatever, the whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Battle stations. And everyone's, Kip talks about how all the emotions he's feeling. Yeah. He can coming from the people. All the relief and the regret. The relief, the the sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out that Kip Duran has been assigned to investigate Ben's lightsaber accident. All lightsaber accidents are investigated by a master at the Jedi Temple. As they should totally be. Totally just reasonable procedure. Yeah. I like how they're chosen at random, too. Yeah, well, it's just whoever happens to be there might yeah. get assigned to yeah. go look into it. So it's Kip Duran, and he's bringing Luke and Mara to see... Chief of State, Calo Moss, and Grand Admiral of the Military. I can't remember specifically what her title is. Yep. Cha Nyathal. She's been missing for a little bit, too. You know, the head of the government and the army. Yeah, they kind of yeah. ducked out for the last couple of books because I think it might not be other people's specific specialties <laughs> that they like to write about. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I'm really actually liking that about these. Author oh, so swapping much. trilogies. It's really cool, man. You just, yeah. it, everything's a different flavor, you know? But they're back. Yeah. <laughs> and they, Kip Duran says, want you, Luke, to make Jason a master. Wait. Where have I heard this before? <laughs> <laughs> I think it came... Oh, it had to have been like an Avengers movie or something. It's like Nick Fury sitting at a table... Talking about like, what does he say? Something like he says something like, uh, "We grant you the rank of master, but we no shit." I said it wrong. What does he say? No, he says, "We grant you a seat on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master." Yeah, Nick Fury, rude. <laughs> My point being, I've heard this somewhere before. Yeah, for some reason, 
for Space Jesus number two, history is repeating itself. Shocking. Imagine that. The Force had gone astray once, and now the river is trying to bend back to the path it was originally on yeah, in the first place. Trying to fix itself. Maybe that's a little bit too uh, far looking into it, a little too deeply, but I like it. A little I don't metaphysical know, for you. Here's what else I like about it. More rewards for the hero. <laughs> Bring them on. More yeah. accolades, more adoration, more admiration. How? More power. If, if they're forced to make him a master by political pressuring, how do you think that's going to go over? Let's leave episode three aside. Yes. <laughs> it didn't go well, but they were all dicks. Most of those Jedi masters were like, the whole Jedi order was kind of, uh, kind of lost and like head up its own ass type of thing. Yeah, they were. And is that happening again here? Are they? It. It felt like that earlier when they were doing nothing. Yeah, it kind of, st- it still kind of seems like it, but I think. How with- is most of the Jedi order doing nothing in this month and a half? Because. It's just Jane and Zach and Jason. Uh, yeah, Luke there's... and Mara just jumped in in the, in the end of the last book. And Leia's been out doing whatever the hell she gets paid to do. And there were a few at, in Betrayal that showed up. A few a few, a few Jedi. Uh, Jedi Knights. Well, yeah, there was Nalani. And then there, I guess there was Trisina Lobi popped up. Yeah. But from here on out, I think we get more and more of the population of the Jedi Order coming out of the woodwork and playing yeah. smaller, or not small, uh, like more frequent small parts in the, in the yeah. narrative. Yeah, you, you see more of them coming up, I believe. And Kip Durin's pretty dope, man. But Absolutely. If they force the, them to make him a master, it's not going to be very well received. You can't tell the Jedi Order what to do. They don't no. like that. No, I think the populace on a whole would appreciate it because... I mean, they don't like to be told what to do with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to that conversation later. But for now, cut to outside Corellia on a cargo ship. Captain... I'm, I'm quoting here. Captain Urin Levent was an heir to the tradition of Han Solo. That's fucking bold. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it Excuse is. Me, person I've never heard of. Who yeah. the fuck are you? Speaking of person I've never heard of, let's talk about this name. How do you like it, Tim? I don't mind her last name. How but do I... you say it, Tim? <laughs> do you say it like I said it, Tim? Yes. You're in Levant. Yeah. It's easier when you're just reading it to yourself. Yeah. When you read it out loud and you have to say you're in, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. She's a leathery old faced piss lady and i don't like it <laughs> no it's not han solo frig off unless it's pronounced it's supposed to be pronounced like yoran i don't or, care i don't know it's dumb she's comparing herself to han solo and i'm not appreciative pick maybe maybe you know what though i want to keep an eye on this <laughs> to see if it does somehow become piss related <laughs> okay okay i don't know how maybe <laughs> maybe like in a British sense, like, oh, she's taking a piss. That wasn't a British accent at all. No, I didn't wasn't. even. I was too worried about thinking about piss. Anyways, I hate her freaking name. Yeah. I hate her attitude about herself. It's the second worst name I've heard in these books so far. Oh, say it. I'm sorry. I brought up Wildis Jicklip. Wildis 
Jicklip. Back to haunt us 20 odd episodes later. Jicklip and urine can take a freaking walk. Here's the other thing. She really wants to be Han Solo so bad. I don't know if you know this lady. Piss lady. (laughs) He's a terrorist. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm not letting this go. No, no. I love Han Solo. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I love Han Solo. But I think that over the events of these now three books complete that we've gone through, the man has been much a hypocrite and an emotional one. The only thing he succeeded at is being a terrorist, really. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) But she doesn't know that. Old piss pants here. Urine Levent. She has no idea. And what she's doing in her little vignette, getting ready to lead a bunch of smugglers through the Galactic Alliance blockade of Corellia. Guess what? They don't get through. Not a bit. Don't <laughs> even get close. No, they drop out of hyperspace early. Yeah. Weirdly, somebody up. impersonates her over the comm with bad orders for everybody to scatter. And old Piss Pants gets her shit shot. Yeah. And her ship shot, which is what I meant to say, into shutdown mode. Yep. Man. This better not be another character for me to follow, though. Okay. Can I just say that? The, the the roster like of, of characters and the main characters and I don't know secondary characters yeah is big enough already I don't need a new tertiary character that I'm supposed to give a damn about what yeah, the yeah. she's doing there's too many people doing things already I don't want to care and they're about they're not urine. named piss pants yeah I don't want to care about that uh, 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 uh. cut to Anakin Solo the Anakin Solo I should say <laughs> yes well star destroyer anakin solo there we go well did the man ever destroy an actual star he did become one cut two <laughs> the anakin solo the flagship of the jag well when you know here on the flagship of the jag jason has caught all the smugglers and got old piss pants to sell everyone out for some space dollars some han solo she is what yeah. are you going to do? Just take the money and run? Oh, wait. What? Do what? Wait. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> You're going to... Oh, what? <laughs> You're, You're going to betray your friends and take the money and leave? Wait, where have I seen him do that before? Is she going to pull a full Han Solo and come back and save the rebellion at the end of the, the trilogy? <laughs> Old piss pants here? Is that what we're building to? No, I don't think so. But... Jason has made a deal with her, with the dollars... And then he tells her, I'm keeping your ship and I'm giving you another one. A crappy one. In fact, named the Duracrud. <laughs> yep. Which I thought was a fantastic I love it. for ships. And here we go right away, like ship centric. Like we're getting ship focus right away out of Aaron Alston. Yeah. It's obviously what he likes and what or what he loved and what he what he liked to write, you know? Like Yeah. It's good. I dig it, man. It's 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 up my alley. But yeah, he's military oriented. The names he gives the ships are pretty good too. So the Duracrud is going to be her new little junk mobile. In this moment, like he, they're face to face, and it's like a, a, not an interrogation, but like a final meeting before he sends her off and like get the hell off my ship. And uh, it's very like remember that the scene in episode five when everything goes south. <laughs> on, on cloud city yeah and like 
Lando's like, oh, this deal's getting worse all the time. Yeah. And Darth Vader, this is like this whole this whole moment with Jason. He's like, you get a shitty ship. It's very much like, pray I don't alter the deal any further. Like that's it's so Darth Vader vibe. Yeah. And it's nice of uh, nice of Aaron Olsen to throw that in there right away. Like a nice little reflection of of Vader and a little reverberation, like the choke that we got at the end of the last book. Yeah. It's like just these constant little reminders of like, hey, uh, don't forget the dark side was like, it's it's built of this man right there, yeah, yeah. like he's in it deep. On the way out, old piss pants decides to throw a little jab at Jason Solo, a little verbal jab. She hurts his feelings, so he decides to sabotage the Duracrud to leave her stranded in the middle of nowhere. Nice guy. Yep. Well, because she says, what's it like to have once been a hero without looking back at him or anything? That hurts his feelers. This makes him angry, so he decides to sabotage her ship. still shook from Tempest. Yeah, he is. still shook from the shit It's just been a couple of days. It's only been a couple of days. He hasn't slept. Yeah. He's been having nightmares of his mom (laughs) kicking him out the window. Yeah. Feeling his eyes explode and stuff like that. It's wild. Yeah. And the man is so emotional. And it's such a wild swing from if you've read the other dozen and a half books of Jason Solo, it's all out of character. Yeah. All. Completely out of character. And it's a big change. Chapter two. Is Jason, just an hour later, getting ready to have a big meeting after the hapes, the incident of the big battle. The Karelians are obviously defeated in the eyes of Jason Solo. So he wants to negotiate their surrender with Wedge Antilles. Good old Wedge coming back. Here he is back. What do you know? Aaron Alston brought back his ace in the hole and he's playing it early because Wedge disagrees with Jason. He chuckled. I'm here because you suggested a meeting with a top-ranking representative of the Karelian military or government. You're here because, having achieved a military victory on Hapes, one that has been spectacularly covered in the media, and let me add my congratulations on that, you want to press your advantage and conclude a peace with Karelia to give your brilliant political career one more boost. Jason felt a flash of anger and instantly clamped down on it. Yep. Still rattled, man. Words? Simple words about teasing you about being on the news and being a hero in the news is (laughs) going to shake your cage, little bird? Yeah. Dude, this guy's in a bad spot, like, big time. (laughs) What I really like about this is is just Wedge. (laughs) Like, his always calm, cool defiance of whatever he thinks is wrong. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's like, kind of what Jason Solo would strive to be if he was still, if he wasn't emotionally clouded. If he was thinking clearly. Yeah, exactly. He even offers to negotiate Karelia rejoining the GA, but with no punishments. Yeah. Like, we'll come back, but don't treat us like babies and slap us on the wrist and tell us we're bad boys and stuff like that. We'll come back, but you gotta be cool. Uh, I like uh, Wedge's comment here. Uh, just after that that thing that he says, yeah. 
He's like, you already knew I had nothing to do with the planning. Yeah. How would I know that? Because it failed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wedge, you cocky bastard. I love it. And like, every, just, the riff, he's everybody. He's everybody. They're all overconfident like that. Yeah. You know? It's great. And the most important thing he tells him in this overconfidence is actually pretty level-headed advice. Yeah. Jason needs to be patient. He's like, you can't push us into a piece right away after this battle. Nobody's going to accept it. You have to be patient. There's a lot of focus on like how the public is going to perceive things here in the first couple of chapters. And this is one of those times where it's like, you can't just force a piece on the Karelians by kicking their asses and then making them sign a paper. That's not going to be a piece. No. You have to be patient. Let things cool down. Let them feel like they have some kind of pride, right? It's all playing games with appearances type of thing. You play into the culture that is about pride and ego. Well, and it is it is good advice. Yeah, it's, yeah. But then on the way Korean. out, he throws his own dagger. <laughs> he does. Essentially calls him a fanatic for not laughing at himself. I don't know if you know this, but the guy just spent... A whole bunch of time with people trying to murder his wife and daughter. Now, I know you don't know that because nobody knows that. But I wouldn't be too chuckly after that either. Well, like it's, I get what I get his point. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's what he says um, about him losing his sense of humor about things that are important. And that's when you know someone's become a fanatic because they lose their sense of humor over stuff like that. Over important things. Like, you have to be able to laugh off yeah. the important stuff. You have to too. still be able to joke when something important isn't and going on. And what he's pointing out to Jason is just how severe he's become. Yeah. And that's something that we've talked about a lot. It's it's a strange change of pace at the end of this conversation, but at least somebody's trying to warn him. It's never his family... Or best friends, but at least somebody is trying to warn the guy. But between Wedge's comment and Pisspants, Levint's verbal jab, Jason has cause to actually reflect on how much he has changed and why. He's gone from, he goes over like his whole life. It's a pretty awesome little paragraph. I would, yeah. I would read it if it wasn't so dang long. Yeah, it Check really it out. Is. Read the book. It's great. But... Essentially, he talks about how he goes from the jokey, animal-loving sweetheart to where he is here and now. The the cold, calculated decision maker. And he boils it down to two events. Anakin's death and being captured by Verger. Yep. Ever since then, separation has been his superpower. He says... Separation gives you better perspective. If you separate your emotions from the problem in front of you, you can detach from yourself and move back and see the whole picture and you get a better perspective and better perspective means better learning. Better learning means you're a better person. Blah, 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 blah. That's good in theory. He says after, after all of the things that he's done and then goes from that point to... Coming around to dealing with firing on his parents. And he tells himself, yes, I was. 
I was trying to kill them because of what I thought they'd tried to do to Alana. And you were willing to kill Zach, even Ben, even Jaina to accomplish this. Jason frowned over that. Not kill, precisely, he thought. I was willing to sacrifice them, though. For the greater good. Now, how much of that is true? Well, I mean, all the part about killing. Uh, the, yeah. the question is, is it for the greater good? <laughs> Let me rephrase. Yeah. Is uh, it is Was killing his parents for the greater good when his express motivation was doing it for revenge that he thought they tried to kill his daughter? So peel that back again. And the argument is, do you kill your parents to save your daughter? That is somehow that's for the greater good. Yeah. I think it it's not for the greater good. It would be for his greater good. It would be selfish. Yeah. It would be not what he's convincing himself that no. it is, right? Yeah. It's he's still trying to convince himself he's not walking that Darth Vader path, man. Yeah. He thought he still thinks he took a left back there. Yeah, no, I'd kill the kids. Youngling Central. He's walking in exactly the same footsteps. Back to rationalizing his evil as for the greater good. His magic verger separation power helps decide which lives are important. <laughs> uh, apparently. He does not pick up on the obvious hypocrisy of labeling protecting his daughter as the greater good. That's how do you not see how hypocritical that is? That's so, that's yeah, it's antithetical to the idea of I will serve the greater good no matter what. Because you're literally putting your personal attachment right there in the middle of it. Are you, have you ever heard about Jedis? <laughs> I know, it's not Jedis. I get it. Don't email me. Forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. But his judgments are just clouded. He's so, he's yeah. scared. Yeah. This is all him being scared, just like Anakin. It's not, I don't think it's well depicted in the movies how much he actually cared about Padme and how much like he was scared about Padme. Yeah. They just have the one scene where he has a nightmare, but really he just acts like a dick to everybody. Yeah. He doesn't act like an emotionally balanced man who can express fear. (laughs) Only anger. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's who he is as a person, but like, and maybe it's the mannequin Skywalker curse where emotions have never touched his face in the original trilogy or the, in the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, but like none of that fear and actual emotion comes through. So anyways, it, it reflected here in Jason where it's like, he's not giving you the subtext. He's not saying, Oh my God, I'm, being psycho because I'm scared. But all of the text is him worrying about the secret daughter, protect the secret baby. Nobody can know. Yeah. And it's obviously all based around his fear. Yeah. And he seems to miss the fact that labeling protecting his daughter as the greater good is clearly the wrong thing to do. No, because it's, it's because it comes from your fear. Like it's clouding your judgments, Jason. 
Which is why the old Jedi didn't have attachments like that. Well, that's why they weren't supposed to. Tell it to Darth Vader. Chapter 3. Coruscant. Omos's office. Meeting time. And, yep, they want Jason made a master. Luke says, Jason isn't... Get ready for this that we just harped on, accidentally. Emotionally mature enough to be a master. He's not able to handle his emotions well enough to be called a Jedi Master. Omos and Nithal don't quite understand this, right? Yeah. They're like, but he's old enough. Omos is like, Masters have been his age before. What do you mean? They're like, it's not age, bro. Yeah, and he, he's strong like, enough. Nithal's like, nobody's as strong as him. They're like, it's not about power, homie. They try to make it about things that they control, but the Jedi shut that down. And Kip tells us a story about his past. When I was still a teenager, I was able to reach into the gravity well of a gas giant and pull a spacecraft out of it. That's something that not many masters could accomplish. I could do it because I was strong in the force and because I had absolute faith in my right. My need to use that craft for a specific purpose. But I doubt I could do it today. I'm no weaker in the force and I'm a lot more skilled. But today I'd know that my intended purpose was not a good one. And this knowledge would deny me the focus I needed then to perform the task. So was I a master then? Or am I a master now? If he didn't just if he didn't just spell out Jason Solo's whole thing right now, I don't know. Uh, that was so clear to me when I read that the first time. I had absolute faith in my right and need to do this specific thing in a specific way yeah. when I was a younger man. So was I a master then or am I a master now? Bam. Mic drop. Yeah. You figure it out. That's what he tells Omos and Nihal. Even though in the pri- their private Jedi meeting, he had supported making Jason a master. Yes. But Kip believes in showing solidarity. And he says, quote, so the politicians can't get their fingers in the cracks. Just like we were talking about the cracks in Jason Solo and... All the fingers that have gotten in there. All right, that sounds like rug pulling. Yeah. It's the same idea, man. I like this guy. He's saying my words in the book. I like it. (laughs) Kip Duran, you got a fan. I like him a lot. Sounds like my dark side analogy. I like it. I like it. It's great. Thanks. Wrote it down for me. Like it. (laughs) But the question remains for these three Jedi masters. How did Kip's opinion about making Jason a master get out? Yes. Meetings are supposed to be secret. Somebody said something. And who the hell told the government when they did find out? Uh Uh-oh. There are cracks in the foundation of the Jedi Order. But I like like Kip here. It's showing what it really means to be a level-headed and, like, like an an actual Jedi master. Yeah. Even though he actually wants, he actually thinks Jason should be a master. Be. Yeah. 
Um, he's not letting that show. He's being he's showing the solidarity. Team player, man. Yeah. And because of the, what we talked about earlier, which is they don't want people telling them what to do. They don't want to be made to do something that they don't believe in, right? So that's pretty much where that starts. But we move on to chapter four. Coronet Corellia. Our boy Wedge is having a hollow meeting with Gedgen and all the other Karelian government bigwigs. First point of order from Wedge, why the fuck did you guys try to kill Tenelka? Yeah. I did not sign off on that. Yeah. What in the hell? Everyone else, mad at Wedge for saying that. Yep. Gedgen, and I'm going to do this in my best Vince McMahon voice. You're How was my Vince McMahon? Wow. Yeah. We're gonna Sounds have, like it hurt. We're going to have to put the sound limiters on that one. Look at look at that wave file. It did tickle the throat. But Wedge is fired. And he does the pimpest slap here. He, he, he tells Wedge, you're not leader of the Navy anymore. Sorry. You're not willing to do as many bad things as we are. Clearly. So what does he do? He calls Wedge's replacement into the room where Wedge is having this hollow conference. Remember, they're all in different places. Yeah, there's. I think only Wedge and Gedgen are there. Everyone else is just hollow. No, Gedgen's not there. Gedgen's not no, there? No, 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 no. I don't oh, think okay. so. Oh, at least I didn't think so. I thought he was hollow too. And here's what happens. This He calls somebody into the room and he goes, Hey, you want this guy's job? You got this guy's job. <laughs> and he tells Wedge, you can work for her if you'd like to. We'd love to have you. <laughs> like, excuse me, man. That is such a power move. Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't like what we did? Sorry, one second. Can you bring in uh, the the, the this uh, Admiral, this, uh, person uh, out of the left there? She just walks out of a door that didn't exist into the frame, stands right next to him. Yep, I'll take that promotion. Thank you, sir. Blah, blah, blah. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. That's, that's some ruthless politicking right there. It's a filthy move by Gedgen, but I do kind of like it. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do kind of like yeah, how ruthless I, he is, like, over Skype. Yeah, I do. Well, Shit. I'd, I'd be a, I mean, not afraid to be with Wedge there because Wedge isn't the emotional uh, well, crazy yeah, man. He, he's, uh, but I would still not want to be in the vicinity because he's still Wedge and dangerous. Yep. And being Wedge and dangerous, instead of just accepting an offer to serve under... New Admiral Delpin, Wedge retires. Yep. Classic Wedge Antilles, yeah. always retiring. Yeah, because they offer... you know it. Yeah, because they offer him... Well, you can stay on and you can be an advisor to her or whatever. Um, and he's like, you know what? I'll make a statement, hand it over, but after that, I'm done. Well, that's what he does agree to, yeah. is to help them put a happy face on it, because we're all about keeping up appearances here. He's going to do a public handoff. And switcheroo with Admiral Delpin do like the press conference thing. They can't afford to have cracks in the military. Yep. I wonder why this is being stressed so much. Again, like the Master Jason thing. Keeping up appearances. Just trying to make sure everything looks good because everything really is falling apart. And if the people knew how much everything was falling apart, it would fall apart even more. Yeah. Cut to... 
Jindine system. Jindine? Jindine? Ew. The Jindine system. Yep. Cut to Jindine system. You want to know why I know it's called that? Because this is where a Tandondro Arms station is. And if you know anything about Tandondro Arms, it is Lando friggin' Calrissian. Yeah. He owns that company and he is standing there watching the near-destroyed Millennium Falcon dock on this station. He's trying to think of a really good one-liner. Until he sees their faces. Yeah. There was not one iota of good humor, cheer, even hope in their expressions. Just grimness and under-the-surface pain. Han and Leia have been through some shit lately. Like, for real. They lost like their couple of their two best friends at the battle. It's been a it's been a miserable four weeks, month month and a half, maybe eight eight weeks now, six weeks, seven seven weeks maybe. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying numbers, but they lay the whole list of what's been going on out for yeah, their old boy Lando. Jason supporting laws to concentrate and imprison Carillions on Coruscant. Jason interrogating a prisoner until she died, the daughter of Boba Fett. Jason believing that Han and Leia would conspire against Tenel Ka and punitively firing on the Falcon when his own parents, sister, and cousin were aboard. Cockmame and Meewall, Leia's Nogri bodyguards, killed in that attack. Not just killed, but incinerated. Instantly obliterated so that there was nothing left to bury. Lifelong friend Lando is El Shocto. Yes, he is. He was so ready for one-liners. But the one-liners do not apply when the frickin' world is falling apart. And so, there's not much he can do to help them with their social lives. <laughs> no. But he can. Brag about his. Yeah. Leia says we would love to have some good news. He's like, I will. Oh, Jesus, I don't want to tell you. He's like... I don't, I don't want to tell you how good my life has been. Uh, because on the other hand, uh, I've got a rich, smart, beautiful wife. Oh, wait. I am rich. Yeah. And so is my wife. Because we have this company together. I, go, I, uh, I get to gamble anytime I want. She doesn't worry about what I'm doing. I get to party or whatever. No bounty hunters have tried to kill me in a long time. Han and Leia? Not so much. They're surrounded by bounty hunters trying to kill them all the time. What can Lando do? Fix up the Falcon. Yeah. How about him being back? Feelings on Lando Calrissian. Fire. Always loved him. From all the books I've read with him in it to the the movies, I've always loved Lando. Okay, everybody. Get ready. Forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. I don't like Lando Calrissian. Oh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And yep. why? Because <laughs> he fucking betrayed all of his friends the very first time I ever met him. That's why. I don't give a shit that he comes back in wearing Han's fucking clothes out of the closet with a little melty face friend. Does a little bit of shoe stint up in the space. He's a dick and betrayed everybody. I don't like him. <laughs> okay? I just wanted to get that off my chest. Forever can podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we might get some hate mail. I'm just saying, man. I know, like, he's, you know, he was in a tough spot. <laughs> and, like, he's done a lot of good things since then. But I'm not just going to forgive that. First, I was like, 
eight years old, ten years old, first time I watched that man betray the people I loved. <laughs> well, and it, this isn't this book series or the movies, but in the in the Han Solo trilogy in the books, yeah, um, he goes away at the end, thinking I wish, that I wish. Han Han betrayed all of them. What at Cloud City? No, no, no. No, what? In the Han Solo trilogy at the very end. Oh, about a different thing? About a different thing. I gotcha. Yeah. So maybe that's uh, uh, that would be the explanation of why he was quick to sell them out. Or maybe not even quick to, but willing to, or I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter why for two reasons. Number one, you did it. <laughs> and number two, what are you going to do, die? Darth Vader's just going to kill your ass <laughs> yeah it's not making thanksgiving dinner for fucking fun <laughs> no. Trump. Yeah. so what are you gonna do betray him he really did put out a nice spread there you gonna tell him no yeah yeah i know and guess what he makes a nice dinner for all these his daughter her boyfriend what does he do they open the door and start shooting at him <laughs> yeah didn't even say hi thanks can't stay wasn't even spice love terrorist yeah i rest my case <laughs> Cut to the Anakin Solo. Jason wondering what to do next in his Sith training. He's meditating, floating, searching through the force for the Maya. And he finds her alive in her asteroid home, recovering from her wounds. And she projects herself there into his room in an instant. A power he envies. Imagine that. Little old Lumaya's got a power that Jason Solo envies. The old great and powerful wizard of Solo. Yep. She shows up and tells Jason he must test Ben to see if he's a worthy apprentice or a worthy sacrifice. She even tells him she will coordinate the test. She will come up with the test. She will execute the test. But Jason must decide the punishment for failure. Uh-oh. Yep. Starting to get pretty severe in here. <laughs> in a bad spot. Yeah, right away. Ben is kind of on the chopping block. Chapter and four. on a chopping block with a butcher who is mentally unstable and emotionally distraught right now. Yeah. So, <clears throat> woof. Yeah, he's ready to fly off the handle. Like, for real, he... Jason is, like, he's, like, almost crazy right now. Yeah. I mean, he did end up talking himself in, in a, into a circle earlier where he was like, well, you did the right thing with the wrong information, and that means you would do the right thing again, and don't worry about it, creator good, blah, 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 so he gets some sleep. Yeah. After he convinces himself it's okay to try to kill his parents, even if he had the wrong information. He gets some sleep, so maybe he's a little less crazy. Maybe that bodes well for Ben. But so far, how do we like being back to the quick cuts of Aaron Alston's symphony of vignettes? It's it's really fast paced. It's it's kind of fun. I I, I kind of like having all these things going on at the same time and knowing that they're all going on at the same time. Like instead of seeing 
an hour of something unfold and then an hour of something else. You're getting like 10 seconds at a time. Yeah. And cycling back through more quickly to come back around. Yeah. It does give like the feeling of being way more fast paced. Yeah. It, and more intense. But maybe it's a just nice feeling of intensity. You're just checking in with people more often. You know what I mean? Like we were talking about it earlier and, and you have like two or three pages in a spot. Yeah. And then it's screen wipe to the next thing. And then two or three pages on to the next thing. Yeah. Obviously you're not going to do that for the entire book. Like it's not all going to be two or three pages, but as far as starting us off and, and, and digging back into the material of like book four, assuming maybe people had a layoff of a few months or even just assuming as, as the writer, like I've been away from the books for two books. Yeah. So I'm going to reestablish whatever I want, what I want to reestablish as being important. And so he does it in like quick cut vignettes and it's lots of love for the ships. Yeah. They all have names. They all have descriptions. Lots of love for the old X-Wing pilots. He drops Wes Jansen name. You know, yeah. You know, he uh, obviously loves the hell out of Wedge, but he leaves us with a few questions at the end of these chapters. What will Ben's test be? Will Wedge's public appearance be his last? And will Kip keep being cool? Yes, he will. Find out next week when we cover chapters 5 to 8 of Legacy of the Force, book 4, Exile. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Keep on kipping on. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. I kind of like that. All right, bye. See ya. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.